God's so good, isn't he? Yes, he is. So Justin's our worship leader. You probably know that as he leads our team here and stuff. And uh, Paul back here has been with our our, uh, worship team since before I was your pastor. And Adam started playing drums when he was five years old for this church. Seven. Seven. Sorry, he was seven years old. So we've been praying for a new drummer, and I heard she was born the other day. (laughs) So yeah, they have their new baby, and she's here for the first time in our worship service. So might be a little while, but she's coming. Seven years. Maybe she can be six. Yeah. Well, yeah, he'd be a keyboard. He'd rather have a keyboard player than a drummer. Anyway. Anyway, that's good. Congratulations. Thanks for bringing her today. Congratulations, guys. A little tough delivery for a while, but she she made it. Yes. We also have another uh, one of our new couples here and had their wedding vows last weekend. And we want to congratulate Joshua and Stephanie. You guys stand up. The new Mr. and Mrs. There you go. Congratulations, guys. Proud of you and happy for you. Thank you. A lot of good stuff that's going on, a lot of challenging stuff that's going on as well. There's so many things happening in our church and through, uh, throughout our community and different family members, and uh, we've lost some of our dear friends uh, that have left this life to go and be with Jesus. And today at 3.30, we'll be celebrating Michelle Meyer's life today, and so if you want to come and join us this afternoon, we will be having her celebration of life service here at 3.30. We are going to keep that service to one hour because at 4.30 we have a planned ride for Full Throttle for a memorial ride for Michelle. And then we'll be back here by 5.30 because this evening we have one church worship night. And so we want to make sure that you know that we want you to come back here at 6 tonight as well. It'll be a long day, a lot of stuff going on. But we want to worship the Lord. And this is a Thanksgiving and thanks and praise worship service that we, this is our second one we've done. One church worship, because we have the three services, a lot of you don't know each other. We invite everyone to come back and be part of that worship service. It's all about Jesus. It's going to be songs of praise. We'll have a couple psalms read, but I don't preach in that service, so you give you motivation to come back. Um, you're going to just worship God. We just want to love Him and be thankful for all that He's done for us. So please join us for that and be in prayer for your brothers and sisters. You know, there's a lot going on, and as life gets busy, you know, we just look back, and there's been... Um, our, our family that has lost members, they're coming into Thanksgiving, and uh, it's not going to be the same because there's someone not there. There's broken relationships and marriages that have failed this year. There's been so many things that have taken place, and so even as we were watching the video at the beginning of the service, as we celebrate, we're, they're grateful, and we have these pictures in our mind of what that means. There's also a lot of brokenness, and Thanksgiving isn't like joyful for a lot of people. It's a struggle, and it's a pain, and there's, there's realities of life choices that come into our face and into our life. And so we need to pray for our family, the extended family, those of us that are here, and those that we are part of, that God would bring healing and, and help through this time and leading into Christmas. And so we do have some things planned for that. We will be doing a, um, a toy run uh, for Full Throttle. We would love for you to be a part of that. December 14th, we'll be heading out of the community. And so if you want to donate toys, if you would, bring them um, and just donate them. Put them on there. What age category it would be if you want to pre-wrap it. That would save us some time as well, I think. I don't know if we wrapped those or not, honestly. I don't think we did. I think they were just loose. So, yeah, don't wrap it. Just bring it. The kids will just be able to pick what they want that way. Uh, throw them in that. Well, set them gently in that box that's out there. And uh, let's make that happen, Christmas, for people. We're also going to be receiving some uh, things from the Gospel Rescue Mission uh, for making Christmas possible for some of the residents there. They, many of them don't have family. They're not with their families. And so we're going to have some uh, tangible ways that we can reach out and minister to them. I, I'm, I, uh, all of you from the Gospel Rescue Mission, we don't want you to say anything or do anything right now. I just want you to sit there and just be calm for a second. The rest of you all, I want to talk to you for a minute about these people that God has brought into our life that are part of our family that we've been blessed by. We, as a church, have been amazingly blessed by the people that God has called and brought into the Gospel Rescue Mission. And you all have blessed our lives, and we want to say thank you to you, every one of you. 
So with that, all of you from the Gospel Rescue Mission, both the ladies and the men's, and those of you that have even graduated recently from there and are now in the free world living for Jesus, we want you all to stand for a minute because we want to recognize you for all that you are doing and trusting God in the transformation of your life. Congratulations, man. You guys are awesome. Thank you. So they're all across the, the church. Thank you. Yeah. So... You may be seated. So the reason I wanted them to do that is because we have vans that go to the Gospel Rescue Mission, both the ladies and the men's shelter, and bring them not only to church on Sunday morning and then take them home, but we also bring any of them that would be willing to come on Tuesdays for life recovery. Uh, we have a life recovery program on Sunday morning and on Tuesdays. And so a way that you can tangibly bless them is to maybe volunteer to drive a van. And maybe you could do that to drive them or pick them up all all throughout so like i don't care if you're only available one time a month if you would make yourself available that would be amazing and it's a way that you could tangibly use your talents if you have a clean driving record to uh bless them and bless and god and it's it's a way for you to get connected so today before you leave my phone's sitting over there you can text me and let me know that you want to get ready to drive or you can write the office and get a hold of Cindy, who is our administrative assistant there. And it's real easy. You can email office at cfftucson.com. So it's real easy for you to do, to get involved. And that's a tangible way you can serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus. What better way can you do it, right? Good stuff. And then we're also going to be doing it for tonight, one church worship. We're going to have a van going to each of the places to pick people up so they can be part of the service because they're part of our family, all right? It's not like they're there and we're here, we're here. All right, and so we want to make that possible. So would you please consider serving in that capacity, morning or afternoon, Tuesdays and Wednesday, we could use people to pick up youth as well. Okay, all right, let's do some stuff here because we have a baptism to get to. We got to drain that little sucker before the service, so lots going on. So um, thank you for being here. I want to thank you for letting me be your pastor and my wife and I serving God with you and for you. We have been blessed to be your pastor now for 14 and a half years. It's crazy how time flies. And uh, I still look in the mirror and I'm like, you guys have just wrecked me, man. I was, a young <laughs> I was a young man with no wrinkles and no gray hair when I showed up. And <laughs> this is all on you. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> anyway, all right, so... <laughs> We need to get going here, don't we? So uh, did you spend at least five minutes a day, five days last week in God's Word? Yes. Are you sharing God's stories with people? Yes. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, how God creates those moments for us to do that? To just be His hands and feet tangibly in the world, to let people know about Him. He is an incredible God. All right, so when we go to God, uh, you know, the world prays. Did you know, I, I hope you know that. Like, there's statistics, like, this, the whole world, pagans pray. They know they need help from something or someone out there. They may not even know who that God is, or they may call on him only by name, but they pray because everyone knows they need help. All right? So now let's come and bring this to the, to the Christian community, us. So we know who God is, and we're, we're a very blessed people. We know that he is God. We know what he has invited us into a relationship with him. And one of the things that he's asked us to do is spend time in his word, like get to know me, and then have a relationship with me. And that's what prayer is, is a relationship. But one of the problems that we have as Christians is we tend to have a one-sided relationship where we're always talking to God and rarely listening to Him. And so I want to ask you, as we talk about this spending time alone with God thing, have you been listening to God this week? That was not as many of you that said you spent time in the Word or did the other stuff. It wasn't. I'm not looking for volume. I'm saying, like, here's the problem. A lot of times is we, we want to have a relationship with God, and usually we're telling Him how that relationship would work, and that's what we call prayer. God, you know, fix this, do this, make this happen, change that person. Oh, my goodness, you can do whatever you want with them. God, do this and do that, right? That's, that's our prayer time. And we're talking to God, and when we say amen, we're usually leaving, going to do to do our stuff, to do what's happening, to whatever's calling on us. 
And it's not like we spend enough time listening to God when He is God and we know it. Come on, the, the world is talking to Him about what He needs to do. We as His people ought to be listening to Him for what we need to do. So make, make some time for Him. If you do that, you'll know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Which is our next question. Do you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? So I was listening again for how many of you said yes. Not the volume, but how many. Not like I'm scoring you. Uh, listen, I just want you to know there's an invitation going to be given to you today from God himself. Will you listen? And so will you listen? He's ready to talk. He's going to say some stuff to us today. And so we got to be ready and prepared to listen that we might hear what he has to say. Okay? So... As we get started in that, then, I want to bring one sentence from God's Word to you. Just one. Not even the full sentence, not even the full verse. Because what we have in Jesus' own words today is an invitation. And so I share that invitation with you to get started. But to you who are willing to listen, I say. So... When you listen to what Jesus just said right there, that's a pretty profound statement. But to you who are willing to listen, I say. So let's get the picture of what's going on here. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, by the way. If you didn't know that, it's Luke 6. So as we step back for a minute, let's remember who we are and how we're made. When God created Adam and Eve in the very beginning, and I absolutely believe God made Adam... And he made Eve, as the Bible says. And so when I look at that context, and you don't have to believe that. I'm just telling you, it happened. You'll find out someday if you don't choose to believe that, that it actually happened just like he said it did. But see, when God made us and he breathed life into us, different than all the animals, we are different than the animal world, church. Please understand that. We are different. See, God breathed in us. And we became a living soul. He made us in his likeness and image. The animal world was made for us. They were made for us. We were made for God. There's a big difference. And so when God made us in his likeness and his image, he did two things. He made us to resemble him. So we, as human beings on planet Earth, resemble what God would look like. We do. But his likeness. So we are made like him. That's pretty cool. So we're Godlike in our original creation. So when God breathed in us and we became a living soul, relationship was born and we were made by God who is love and we were made in love. And therefore we began to exist in a love relationship with God that was granted that we did not earn, receive by any merit of our own, but God himself chose to have a love relationship with us based on life that he gives. So humanity was birthed in love in relationship with God. That is why we were made in the very beginning. But get this. That amazing God who gave us that also gave us of his sovereignty, which is the right to make a choice about relationship. So this creator God that we serve said, I give you life. I choose you to have relationship with me. You must choose to have relationship with me. And we have that right. That, that still blows my mind. I've, I've mentioned this a few times in the last few weeks. I know that, but I'm still like overwhelmed by the fact that the creator God in heaven says, Dave, if you want to serve me, you can. I love you and I want you to. There's going to be consequences if you don't, but I want you to know I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to make you. I'm inviting you. He could squash me at any moment. The breath I have inside of me is a gift, and I'm not even guaranteed the next one, but it's been a gift. And, and then God just says, you can serve me. You can do what you want. I'm here, and I love you. That's crazy. So, now let's transform ourselves, uh, transport ourselves from that reality of who we are and what God's done and given to us as a choice to this very statement Jesus is making right now because Jesus says right here, 
But to you who are willing to listen, I say, do you see that sovereignty of choice? He's like, anybody want to hear what I got to say? Are you willing to hear what I'm about to give you? Are you open to this? Because you have the ability and the right to say, no, I'm not listening. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear what you have to say. You have that choice. I used to go to church all the time, and I never heard anything my father said as the pastor. I was everywhere else in my mind, doing all kinds of others, no clue what he talked about. I can tell you this as an honest confession. The day that I gave my life to Christ, I have no idea what that pastor preached. I don't. No idea what his words were. I was nowhere to be found in that message because I did not want to engage those words because I did not want to hear what was said. But in a moment when the Holy Spirit brought conviction on my life and he, he came down heavy upon me and revealed myself as the sinner I was and called me into relationship with him, I responded to his move. But I would not listen. But to you who are willing to listen, I say. So right here at the very beginning, you have a choice to make. You can disengage. You can pay attention to whatever's going on around you. You can engage on Facebook. You can go anywhere you want to. You can transform yourself all kinds of ways. But right now, God's got an invitation for everyone in this room. He wants to say something to us that I'm going to tell you right now up front. It's not going to be easy for you to hear. That's what Jesus is paving the way for, you know. He's like, you ready for this? <laughs> Are you ready for this? Will you hear what I'm about to unleash? Now, this is Dave talking to you. I'm talking about Jesus saying that. So let's just talk about the difference between hearing and hearing. So all of us have been in this scenario where we've either been in a house or we've been the one speaking these words. Kids are out there in the living room or somewhere in their room or they're probably engaging in a video game and stuff that's going on. And these words come out of a parent, guardian, grandparent. Clean your room. Nothing changes over there. <laughs> Nothing. A message has been said, stated, and called out for response, and nothing has changed. So now let's change the words, but the exact same scenario. Now this person says, in the same tone, same environment, everything exact... Who wants ice cream? <laughs> Isn't it amazing that when you go in and the room doesn't look any different and you're like, well, I didn't hear you. I didn't, I didn't know you said that. I didn't know you meant now. All that stuff comes out, right? Who wants ice cream? And it's like, vroom. They're expecting it now. If you said, well, I didn't mean now. I meant like tomorrow or next week. You're like, you're right. No, they were like there because they're, they heard you and they want what you have for them right now. Because you see, it was something you were going to give them, not something you were asking from them. So I want you to know today I'm not inviting you to come out for ice cream. God wants you to clean your room. That's what he's saying to us. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. This is exactly what he's saying. To you are willing to listen, I say. Like, put down the video games for a minute. This is like really, really critically important. See, what happens in church a lot of times is we, uh, I love your vocalization and engagement, okay? Just so you know, I want, I want that because I want you to be involved in paying attention to what God's saying to you in agreement. But what happens a lot of times is we'll say amen to the ice cream. We're silent on the room. It happens a lot of times. See, when we don't agree or we don't like or we don't want what we're hearing, we immediately start to dismiss things. Well, that's the way you see it. That's not really what that said. I don't believe that. And we have all kinds of justifications and excuses why. And as soon as we start trying to validate ourselves and what we think rather than hearing what God says, we're in dangerous ground. And so here's Jesus talking to this group of people like, hey, anybody, you want to hear what I got something to say to you right now? So let's hear what he had to say. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Now, as we hear this teaching, let's think about the, the context of where Jesus is. Do you know who he's teaching? The Israelites, the Jews, the people of God. So here's, here's the thing that we have to understand. When God made a covenant with Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you, make a nation out of you, I'm going to bless the whole world through you, God was saying, I'm going to send a Savior through your lineage, and I'm going to do something special. I'm going to set your family aside as my people. This is what God said, right? So then Abraham's descendants thought they were more important than everybody else on the earth. They did. And they based their value on who God was, not who they were. And so when God sent the law and he began to speak through Moses and the prophets and calling his people, he's saying, you know, you are my people, but if you are my people, you need to live as my people. And if you don't live like you are my people, I will punish you and I will bring judgment against you and I will come against you. God said that. That's, that's like some powerful, crazy stuff right there. So here's what's going on. Throughout the Old Testament, the, the people, Abraham's descendants, banked on their biological promise and always regularly bunked on the relationship with God. So here's these people sitting before Jesus right now who were the Jews, descendants of Abraham, thinking they're God's people because, you know, they viewed every other race of people on the planet as dogs. That's how they viewed everybody. Some of them still do, and that's not against them. You've got to understand this. Here where the context is. They saw that God valued them above everyone else. He didn't. He valued everyone, and he called them into this relationship so that he could bless the world. They lost sight of the fact that God said, through you, I'll bless all nations. Right? They lost that. They just said, we're somebody. So here's the way the hierarchy of those people, those people, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but the way they viewed themselves in the world. Uh, all of Abraham's descendants were here. The rest of the world was here. We were dogs, and they were here. And that was just the common people. And then above the common people were the Levites, because God separated the Levitical tribe back in the days of Moses when they stood up for the things of God, and he said, you will be my ministers in my house from now on. So they were ministers to God, so they were even more valuable than the value. So here's good and here's holy. And then there's the holier than thou. And those were the priests, those who came from the descendants of Aaron, where God separated Aaron's family and said, your sons will be a priest before me. And so in their own minds, this was the hierarchy they were viewing. Like, totally awesome, awesome, really good. Ugh. And that's the way they viewed the world. So Jesus says, hey, you ready to hear what I got to say? I want to talk to you about those people. <laughs> I want to talk to you about them. And he says, I want you to know that I'm calling you to love them. Like, whoa. <laughs> Not only do I want you to love them, I want you to do good for them. You know they hate you. Because you look at them like that. Now I want you to do good for them. I want you to bless them. I want you to pray for them. Everything what he was saying went against everything about who they were, what they thought, what they thought they were taught, what they believed in their relationship with God. Everything about it went contrary to everything they thought. Jesus is like, you ready to listen? I got something to say. You're not going to like it because it's going to come right at your heart. Church, I, I want us as, as Christian people, see, we're called by Christ to live this life. You and I are. So we're going to just reflect for a moment over the past week, month, year, your life. I don't care. I, don't, I mean, I care, but I mean, whatever it is. So who is that person or who are those people that are a thorn in your side? Like they're just there. Nobody needs to say, oh, hey, do you remember? It's like, no, I know who they are. They're there. All right? They're the backstabber, the user. 
the violator, the one that picks on you, makes fun of you, the one who's at your work, who always takes advantage of you, is trying to get your job, and they're always trying to talk bad about you, go behind your back. That's the ones we're talking about. Okay, and Jesus says, hey, are you listening? Hey, everybody, are you listening? Jesus said, that's the one I want you to love. He says, I don't just want you to, hey, I love you. Have a good day. I want you to pray for them. I want you to bless them. <laughs> I want you to do good for them. It's like, what in the world? God, like, seriously. Let's go a little further about what Jesus is talking to us about. See, uh, before I do, I, I want you to say, God's not asking us to open ourselves to abuse. He's not saying, someone's abused you physically, sexually, like verbally. All. He's not saying, hey, bring them in your house and let them do that to you. That's not anything about what he's talking about. He's saying, do you love them? Do you pray for them? Do you bless them? Okay, so don't get it out of context and get weird or anything. Let's stay in the context of what Jesus is saying because what this is all about is me and my relationship with God living the way God has asked me to live. That's what it's all about. So let's go a little further on what Jesus said here. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. This is the golden rule, right? Everybody knows the golden rule. And everybody out there in the world has taken Jesus' words and kind of redone them so it's part of their mantra and stuff. But it's from Jesus. But let's put it in the context of what we just heard. Do unto others as you would like them to do to you. Remember who he was just talking about? Those ones that you don't really want to be around. So now he's saying, like, you need to treat those people the way you want them to treat you. So it's not about just, like, I'm going to treat everybody like I want to be treated. No, it's, he's specifically talking to us personally right now about that one. Do to them like you'd want them to do to you. The thing that we want, see, the reason why that person or whoever that may be or persons, the, 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 the reason why we have them isolated over there and they're a constant sore spot in us or a thorn in our side is because really what we do want is we want them to love and accept and appreciate and validate us. That's what we want. But because they're not... We want to hold them accountable and we want to force them into or remove them from. So Jesus is like coming right at us and he's talking to us right here. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Tell you what, that's like probably one of the hardest things you'll ever hear spoken, we will ever hear spoken to us from God's word. This is an in-your-face application of God's truth. This is, are you living it or not? Friends, this is the love that God has shown every single one of us. We were unthankful, wicked people. Come on, man, think about yourself. Do you know how God relentlessly pursued you for a relationship? How many times did you reject him? How many times did you do it your way instead of his way? How many times are you currently wrestling with him about who's going to do what? Think about the way that God has relentlessly loved us and pursued us and the fact that he is God and we are not, and yet we treat him like we treat him, push him aside when we don't want to do what he says, do our own thing, and God says, I love you. And now one person, I don't mean this disrespectfully, I know this serious issues, but just put it in the context. This person says, screw you to me, and I'm like, write him off don't care about you you're no longer in my life there's a wall built you don't exist 
Screw you. Thanks, God, for loving me. Thanks for accepting me the way I am. Thanks for pursuing me in my stupidity and brokenness. Thank you, God. Stay over there. That's Jesus is dealing with right here. You know that, right? It's, it's that person. It is. That's who he's talking about. He pursued us in spite of what we were doing, how we were living, a rejection of him, a rejection of his truth. He pursued us anyway, even today. Like many people today call themselves Christians, like a lot of people do. But listen, we call ourselves Christians and don't even do what Jesus said. And one of the basic things he was teaching was that we're supposed to live for him. But we'll call ourselves Christian but not do what he says and think we're Christians. Come on, man. That's crazy. And we're doing it right here in this room because we have people in our life that we're not loving, praying for, blessing, and doing good for. And so we look at those other Christians and say, what gives? You're not even doing the basics. The whole while we're keeping that person isolated in their prison of our heart. Jesus says, hey, anybody willing to hear what I got to say? See, God has extended his grace and his mercy to us like over and over and over. And he has pursued us and given grace to us so many times, but I want you to know he's going to hold us accountable. Somehow, in the Christian community, we've, we've got the grace thing of God like down pat, man. We're just like, oh yeah, thank God for his grace. But I want you to know that he's also a righteous God, and he's going to hold us accountable. His word says so. We're going to be held accountable for how we live our life. And Jesus is coming right at us at the heart of life. Look, you can't love people who treat you wrong in your flesh. Jesus said it to us. He's like, man, you know, sinners can hang with sinners. They have no problem with that. You know the posse you used to run with. You guys hung out together. You people were together because you had something in common. But the people that weren't like you were over there. And you didn't like those people. Right? Come on. Let's just be honest here. Don't tell me you didn't have those people over there that you didn't like. Now, Jesus is saying, like, we already know the world acts like this. This is the way the world functions. Oh, you're my buddy? Yeah, here. I'll give you 10 bucks. I expect it on Friday. And if you don't give it to me on Friday, you're no longer my friend and screw you. And you can go over there in the corner with that dude. That's the way the world acts. That's what he told us. Now he's like, but that's not the way it is with me. And that's not the way it's going to be with you. So it's not us and them. It's not like, yeah, we'll do it for you. Well, you know, you know, until you prove yourself to me that you're part of this, I'm not. No. Jesus says you love them right where they are. See, I, I, I think sometimes we think God will ignore things in our life and just we can just keep going because we're doing some things right. Like, yeah, but I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm, you know, like, you know, God, you know, I'm doing all this, so I really shouldn't have to deal with them because I'm doing all this. God doesn't work on a merit system. God's called us into this place, and right here, he's going right to our heart, to the core of who we are. I, I want to clarify something, church. There's no yin-yang in your life. All right? I, I don't know where we're, we're adopting this spiritual crap from outside this world. That's what it is. So that's why I call it that. could call it another word, but I wouldn't do that. Um, we incorporate this spiritualism that's out there and somehow, like, integrated into uh, the Christian faith, and it's like, no. No. I don't know which one's good or bad, but I'm going to tell you there's only yin with Jesus. There is no yang. Okay, I'm just going to label them for what they are. It's crazy. I, I mean, I'm talking about from what God is saying to us about the transformation of our life, right? The whole point of what Jesus did is to remove that brokenness from us and give us of his Holy Spirit, right? Okay, 
So we're looking at what Jesus is calling us into. Here's what he said. When you live the teaching of what I have taught you and what God actually says, here's what he says to us, church. Then you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. Then you'll be truly, not just words, not just claiming, not just having this birth order right. That's what he's saying. He said, when you live like this, then you can actually say you are, because you are the children of the Most High God. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, man, that's like in your face, undeniable. God is calling us out on how we're living our lives. So here's, here's a lot of times what happened is we sometimes, um, like we based our spiritual relationship with God like on Sunday. And, uh, and so like in here, Everybody's like, I mean, it's a great environment. This is God's house, God's family. Everybody smiles and shakes your hand. And so I think everybody in the room is a Christian, and everybody acts like they are, and we treat each other like that, right? I, I mean, we should. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying like this, just going to tell you that this environment is so easy to be like a Christian. So then when we go to Wednesday, I want you to know that on Wednesdays where you're going to see who you really are. It's not a church on Sunday. But on Wednesday is when you're going to see your actual relationship with God and your spirituality. That's where it's going to show up. It's not in an environment like this. It's an environment where that person actually has the knife in your back. That's where your spirituality is going to show up. That's where your real relationship with God is going to be known right then. Because if you walk away from that dagger being stuck in your back and you go over here, and you start to talk about that person and stab them in the back. Jesus said, that's exactly what the world does. But you, if you want to be children of the Most High God, you pray for that person. Man, dude, like, I've got the hand on the blade in my back. Lord, bless them. <laughs> in Jesus' name, God, I ask you to move in their life. I want you to change them and transform their heart. Lord, show me ways I can serve them better. That's, see, that's not a human prayer. That's not a human reaction. That's why God said, this is the way, Jesus is saying, this is the way God's kids do things differently. And Jesus said, this is how you're going to be the light and the salt in the earth. So, see, this is, this is where Dave is. I just want you to know, like, where I was. I'm not there now. I was. This is how I would do that. Um, Jesus, you said for me to pray for them and bless them. And so, God, I pray that you would bless them and bring them to their knees, bust their teeth out, make them miserable in their life, God. Show them the wretch they are that they might know you. I'm, come on, man, I'm following the letter of the law. Right now, I'm praying for them. I'm asking God to move in their life. I want them to do good to them because I want them to bring them down. And now I'm going to validate that because I'm going to go back into the Old Testament and begin to pray the prayers of King David in Psalms where he literally said, God, break their teeth out. That's in the scriptures in case you're wondering. Okay, but I want to remind you of something. That was before the cross, the empty tomb, and the Holy Spirit. Don't forget that. There's a big difference. And so that was David's prayer in his flesh, asking God to bring judgment against those who are not doing the right things. So Dave, this Dave, sees that Dave, says, dude, that's awesome. Let me borrow that from you. God kicked their butt, man, in Jesus' name. Because if you do that, I know they're going to be blessed because they're going to wake up and realize they need a relationship with you. So I am completely following God's laws and I'm keeping myself right. No, I'm not. See, I'm validating myself, getting what I want, and I'm still holding them accountable. I have a line drawn, and I'm like, you're there, you're not over here, and you're going to stay there until God breaks you and brings you out on your knees to ask me to be forgiven. Wow, how arrogant and stupid of me. Here I was, Dave, this Dave, God inviting me into relationship. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, not today. 
Maybe when I get older. Maybe later on. God, you know you want way too much from me. And then Dave comes to the point where he's like, I want to have a relationship with you. God's like, okay, we're in. And now I'm in a relationship with him at the age of 19. And God's like, Dave, I want this. Yeah, God, I know you do, but probably if we did it this way, it'd work better. <laughs> you hear me? And so this negotiation pattern like has continued in my spiritual life where I'm still trying to, this is so stupid, manipulate God to see it my way. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to enlighten you. They don't deserve to be forgiven. Kick their butt. That's what they deserve. But I can't say that, so I'm going to pray for them. God, you know, you could kick their butt because they know they need you. So I'm asking you to move on their life, over their life and in their life, and make them wretchedly miserable. Seriously, like, come on. Have you ever prayed? You don't have to confess it, but I'm saying, has anybody else prayed like I have? It's so wrong. It's so wrong. Jesus is asking us to pray for them and bless them. Oh my goodness, he modeled it. On the, the, the night of the Lord's Supper, he got up and he washed the feet of the disciples knowing those were the feet that were going to run away from him in just a little bit of time. In his most needed moment. And yet he washed them. Do you know that Judas was at that table? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, knowing that Judas had sold him out, got down on his knees and washed that guy's feet. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that curse you. Bless them. Love them. This is the way that you are identified as children of the Most High God. So to those who are listening and willing to hear, Jesus said, I say, Man, what is happening in your life that does not align with God's heart? What is going on, church? Who is it that you have not been loving because they are unthankful and wicked? Look, I'm not saying those are good people over here in the little box. I'm not saying that they deserve anything. That's not even the issue here. Did you hear what Jesus said? That God always, yeah, I think I got, yeah, let me read it. It's actually right from his words here. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. That is like amazingly powerful, man. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. So see, there's this, it's not like a prison I lock them in. God's asking me to minister to them to minister to them, to love them, to be compassionate towards them and see their brokenness for what it is. God has been so kind and compassionate to me. God has loved me when I was unthankful and I was actually wicked and was willing to accept me in a moment and was calling me while I was saying no. And so when I look at this scripture, then I'm like, man, it's like, God, you are inviting us in this incredible relationship. I got to finish this fast. We got a couple of baptisms to be done here. The disciples see the relationship that Jesus has with the Father, and they say, teach us to pray. So we have that scripture that talks about the Lord's Prayer that we've identified that way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And all that that he does, he establishes something. You're talking to the Most High. You understand who you're talking to. You're asking for his will to be done in heaven like on earth. So you're like giving him lordship of not only what's there, we're saying, God, be God here. Provide for me what I need today, my daily bread. And then there's this next part. Yeah, that one. Oh, Lord, forgive me the way I'm forgiving everybody else. That's the way you're supposed to pray. God, forgive me the way I'm forgiving everybody else. 
Please don't include them in this equation. <laughs> this is the only part he reemphasized after the prayer, you know. In Matthew 6:14, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So don't talk to me about your relationship with God. We got this thing. We have an understanding when there's somebody in prison in your life. I just want you to know this doesn't work if that's not working. Let's, let's be honest, church. Forgiveness is not earned. Forgiveness is granted. Forgiveness is love in action. It's God reaching out to us and loving us. Therefore, God is calling us, church, as we go into our action steps, if you want to go get the kids for the baptisms. Church, this is like a very serious moment, and we can't just blow over this because there's a baptism. Are you listening? Have you heard what Jesus is saying to you today? You know, is there someone, or someone's plural, (laughs) that you need to forgive, love, and bless that you've not been treating right? in your life and we validate everything and we're like we have a right we do this this and whatever man none of that like listen it's either open the prison or you're in prison that's God's word so who's who is it who is it (laughs) do you need forgiveness for what we've been doing or not doing I want you to know that you already know. You knew from the beginning. As soon as this started, God's already been talking to you about this. They're there. A lot of Christians are like, man, I've been under attack this week. I want you to know that if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit's leading your life, the enemy's not like the one in charge. God is. And so if God's leading your life and you're in a battle right now, God led you into that battle because God's trying to do something in you. So I want you to know this because it's really important about what we're talking about. Guarantee it. You will be confronted in some way, shape, or form with this issue this week. Okay? Just want you to know it's going to happen. That will happen. But it's not because the devil is stirring something up. It's because God's saying, I told you we're going to deal with this. And we're going to do it my way. So you're going to have the opportunity, hear me, to love, to pray, to bless, and to do good. It's not a battle. It's not a fight. It's a surrender. (laughs) Your way, God, not my way. See, the world says no. God says yes. And so this is what God's confronting in me and you today. God is calling us and saying, you know this. You know this already. Church, I'm not speaking something you don't already know. You know. And you've been validating, justifying, praying prayers like I was talking about earlier, justifying your righteousness and bringing judgment against them. And God is asking you right now today, will you release them from their prison? Right now. Here's the altar. It's time for you to leave them here. God's inviting you. If you would lay these people down, you have to give them to him. He has said, here we are. This is what we're confronting. God, we are completely transparent before you. You've invited us into this. Whoever's willing to hear, I say to you. Jesus says, I say to you. Here it is. Here's the truth of the matter. Here it is, Lord. Here it is. Yeah, man. You can stand behind people if there's not room. I'm just saying, like, man, there shouldn't be room up here. There should not be room up here. Man, we cannot walk out of here carrying this with us in our heart. We cannot walk out of here. This is Jesus calling us to the reality of what this relationship is all about. It's about forgiveness, love, blessing, release, all of it. Right now.
Father, we're, we're here. You see us. You know us. We are completely transparent. We're, we're not hidden from your sight. Nothing we're doing is hidden from you. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for that transparency. And right now, Father, in Jesus' name, God, we confess our, our brokenness to you. We forgive, God. Those of you that are here, you know. You don't have to say it out loud. I don't want to disrespect you or anybody here with you. But you need to, like, give them to God. So if you would right now, give them that situation, whatever. You need to give them to God. Lord, I forgive them. I release them in Jesus' name to you, God. I forgive. And you need to say it out loud. I forgive. And we release them, God, to you. I will no longer carry this with me. Lord, I ask you to bless them. <laughs> Truly, Lord, their actions were in the sin of their brokenness, just like mine used to be. I ask you to bring them to that realization and bring them into relationship with you, God. Make it real in their life. We ask you to heal them. Now, Lord, whenever that moment comes that I have the opportunity, help me to do good for them in some capacity. Show me what to do. In Jesus' name. Church, that's what Jesus is asking us to do and be. Okay, now, I don't want you to leave yet. This is what we're doing. We're giving them to God. We've opened the door of forgiveness. We've released them from that prison that we've held them in inside of us. Now, the enemy's going to try and make you re-own, lock the door, and he's going to visit you with words, the outside force. God's going to allow you to come into that moment to see it so that you can get victory over it. You have to rebuke and reject those words. Do not allow them to be put back in the prison of your heart. In the name of Jesus, they are free. And so in that moment where we're tempted to re-lock them up, God, in Jesus' name, I thank you that they are free and I am free. Lord, I thank you today that I have no longer in bondage to any of that stuff. And God, my heart is right with you and that I am forgiven by you and therefore they are forgiven and I love you, Lord, and I rejoice. You begin to praise God for that and you begin to pray over that. And listen, church, you're going to not only find healing, but you're going to find joy in that presence right there in Jesus' name. It's real. That's the way God does stuff, and it's available, and we just got to walk in it. Jesus did not ask us to walk in some crazy place. He invited us into walking in relationship with him, and that's the heart of it. So now you can get up from this altar and know they are here with God, no longer going back with you, and you need to leave them there and remind the enemy when he tries to bring them up that they're in God's house now. They're not in my house. He's got them. Amen? In Jesus' name, you are forgiven. Not in Dave's, not in the church. In God's name, in Jesus' power, you are forgiven. Hey, all of you that have been up here at the altar, those that prayed in your seats in the front, invite the Holy Spirit to fill that place with His love. Holy Spirit, fill us with Your love. In Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord.